Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And we're the hosts of the Anxiety Chicks podcast, where we dive deep into the reality of anxiety, nutrition, and mental health. Listen as we explore all things anxiety healing while keeping it real, including our own struggles with mental health. We'll bring our expertise as healing professionals to the conversation while discussing the tools and strategies you need to heal the anxious mind. Listen to the Anxiety Chicks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepanera. And I'm Taylor. And we're so excited to be back with you all again. Um, Taylor and I have quite an episode today, and I think it will speak a little close closer to Taylor because I know that she struggles with um, panic disorder. Um, I haven't had as severe panic attacks as she has, but I definitely have been there. So I, we're going to talk and get more into like panic disorder 101 is what we're calling the, the episode because I think that's kind of what when it comes to panic and panic attacks it kind of feels like you need like something right away to help you because your body is so dysregulated but um before I get into it just want to say thank you again to everyone who's been reading and reviewing us we are so thankful we love all the new reviews um We've gotten a couple new reviews, which I feel like I just want to call out real quick because um, they're so sweet. And I I feel like we've gotten some new, we've actually gotten some new listeners. Um, and some of the new listeners have, haven't even heard really our, a lot of our old episodes where we talk a lot about God a couple years ago of what we were going through because our anxiety I feel like has changed so much at least for me um and so okay I just want to read this is from sunset chaser 24 I love that name when I first found the anxiety chicks I hadn't really opened up about my anxiety I felt embarrassed and didn't understand it much at all after listening to their show and all of their episodes I learned that anxiety doesn't control me I've learned how to have a toolkit of items and things to do when anxiety hits. I've also learned that opening up about anxiety is good for me and good for others so they know how to help or just be present. Remember, healing isn't linear. I love that the chicks are open and raw. They share a lot of personal experience with the podcast and Instagram community, making many situations feel more relatable. If you're looking for ways to manage and work through anxiety, the chicks will be your best friends. 
Thank you so much, Sunset Chaser 24. I just loved that one. I thought it was so honest. And that's really the purpose, I feel like, of why we started this whole podcast was to help people feel less alone. And I don't know if you had read that one. Had you seen that one yet, Taylor? I don't think I did. Isn't that so nice? That is so sweet. Yeah. We've been getting just like really, really great. So we'd love if you um, would rate and review us if you feel kind of the same way. And we're going to kind of be giving shout outs here and there um, moving forward, too. So um, anyway, how are you, Taylor? I am good. Just starting to get into the summer mode. Oh, my gosh. I know the summer mode for us in uh, in this part of the world. I know I think people in like Australia, other parts of the world are maybe <laughs> getting into like their winter mode. Um Summer is, yeah, summer is so healing for me. I don't, is that kind of how it is for you or? Yeah, until it's like 110 degrees, then I'm out. (laughs) Well, that's true because you, in Texas, you guys get, oh my gosh, crazy heat, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I can imagine that you guys getting that type of heat is the same as when we get like a foot of snow. Like no one just goes anywhere. Just anyone just, no, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's miserable. (laughs) It's like you go outside and you're just drenched. No one, no one even, or you just need to like be in a pool or be in like an ocean all day. It's just like in water. Um, Yeah, it doesn't necessarily get as hot here in Philly. Sometimes it will be, we'll call it, we call it a heat wave when it does because it's not, it's kind of rare, but um, all right. So should we get into it? Let's get into it. So I just want to like preface like how this episode's going to go. So you can like kind of have an idea if you want to like skip around and stuff, but We're going to start off with talking about the DSM, which is basically what they kind of look at. They meaning like a psychologist, psychiatrist. Yeah. Look at to kind of get a. Sorry, I just want to say I didn't mean to cut you off, um, but I I think it's actually hard for someone to describe what it is. First of all, it's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So say that five times fast, you know. Um, and it's basically, this is how I describe it as like a, a Bible for therapists, <laughs> you know, it's like our, as licensed psychologists, we have to diagnose when we see clients in order t- for insurance purposes, mostly. Um, and so there's a whole, there's all criteria for different type of mental disorders in this book. And that's kind of where we pull from. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um, so yeah, we're going to get into that. And then we'll, I'll talk a little bit about my experience with panic disorder. And then we kind of have a good solid seven steps to help someone with panic disorder. So maybe you're struggling with it too. And you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to help myself. Um, and this is just a good little like 101 guide for you. If you feel you might be struggling with panic disorder, because I know I had no idea what panic disorder was when I first started going through it. So it's really important and you'll feel less alone being educated by it. So, and I just want to give a little disclaimer, you know, we are going to talk from the DSM. We're going to say kind of mostly verbatim what it says in the DSM, but just remember that everything we talk about is educational. We are not here to diagnose. Yes, I am a therapist, but I'm not your therapist. So if you feel like you connect with any of or resonate with things that we talk about on here, make sure you see a doctor or a therapist in your area, a psychiatrist, and get a proper diagnosis. Just wanted to make that disclaimer. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So it says panic disorder which they sometimes call it PD, is characterized by episodic 
unexpected panic attacks that occur without a clear trigger. Panic attacks are defined by the rapid onset of intense fear, typically peaking within about 10 minutes with at least four of the physical and psychological symptoms in the DSM-5 diagnostic criteria. So now we'll get into that. So Reoccurrent unexpected panic attacks. A panic attack is an abrupt surge of intense fear or intense discomfort that reaches a peak within minutes and during which time four or more of the following symptoms occur. Palpitations, pounding heart, accelerated heart rate, sweating, trembling or shaking, sensations of shortness of breath or smothering, feelings of choking, chest pain or discomfort, nausea or abdominal distress, feeling dizzy, unsteady, lightheaded, or faint, chills or heat sensations, numbness or tingling sensations, derealization or depersonalization, feeling of losing control or going crazy, fear of dying. So that's like the first little block in the DSM-5 for panic disorder. It's having these random, that's what it says. It says just kind of like a panic attack that occurs without a clear trigger. So I feel like sometimes we talk about how there's always a trigger, but I feel like when you're in this like panic disorder state, there it's kind of just super unregulated, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty um it, you know I think that in because it's so physical, a lot of people with panic disorder have a very, very difficult time understanding what the preceding event or situation was or thought that actually was increasing these symptoms. And that's why a lot of people with panic disorder have a, a lot of panic attacks will be like, you know, I wasn't thinking anything or I don't know where it came from. It just came out of nowhere. And that not, that's necessarily not true. It just feels like that in the moment because um, mm -hmm. it's so intense. Mm -hmm. So it's saying um, you have to have to fit into this criteria. Usually you have four or more of these symptoms, which I feel mm -hmm. like most people who have panic attacks do experience. I know I experienced like maybe like uh, <laughs> all of them. Uh, but yeah, so mm -hmm. uh, let's yeah. see. And it says that the other part of the criteria is at least one of the attacks has been followed by one month or more of one or both of the following. One, persistent concern or worry about additional panic attacks or their consequences. And two, a significant maladaptive change in behavior related to the attacks. So that could mean behaviors designed to avoid having panic attacks, such as avoidance of exercise or unfamiliar situations. So at least one of those panic attacks were followed by one month of one or more of those two things. Um, because, and it says too, which is interesting, persistent concern or worry about additional panic attacks. So I'm sure you know, I'm sure that was part I know you've talked about before how after you have a panic attack, it's almost like that's that's the rumination now. You know, that's like where the worry goes now and your brain is like, is it going to happen again? And when? And then your body just is so dysregulated because of that. Um, yeah. So it says like... You're basically having one, like losing control or your fear of having a heart attack or going crazy, which I hear all the time. And then, like she said, avoiding certain situations to avoid having those panic attacks again. And then 
C, which is the next step, is the disturbance is not attributable to the psychological effects of a substance. So it's not drug-related, medication-induced, thyroid issue, heart issue, because there are conditions that can cause panic attacks. So it's kind of like, first we have to like, you know, check your thyroid, see what medication you're on, are you doing drugs, all that stuff. Aside from that, you're dealing with this. That's when it's panic disorder and not like, you know, your thyroid. Hey, you have hyperthyroidism. So yeah, that's very valid. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last step is the disturbance is not better explained by another mental disorder. So the panic attacks do not occur only in response to feared situations such as social anxiety disorder in response to a phobic object or situation. So say you're like having a panic attack when you go flying or something like that's so specific Um, in response to obsessions as in OCD in response to reminders of traumatic events, so like a trigger, and then as in PTSD or in response to separation from attachment figures, as in separation anxiety. So, yeah. Allison, so, as a psychologist, like how do they yeah, so decide I was just, the difference? Yeah, I was just going to say. So, essentially, what this last criteria says that disturbance is not better explained by another mental disorder. So if someone, um, when we do the assessment, when we first um, see a client and we ask a lot of questions in the assessment, it's usually a little bit longer than normal sessions because we're getting a lot of information. Um, When we have, when we're asking questions and we are diagnosing, um, if there is within the anxiety disorders, right, it's like an umbrella so anxiety disorder is one part of the DSM, and then there's a, a couple different doses disorders underneath the mood disorders, the anxiety disorders. Um, if someone um, fits the criteria of like a social anxiety disorder and has panic attacks like that are connected to that criteria, the criteria is always going to be the diagnosis is going to be social anxiety disorder before panic disorder if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder, if they fit the criteria of that, that's going to be sort of like the primary diagnosis is PTSD, not panic disorder. Right. Or if um, someone fits the criteria of what was the oh, OCD? Yeah. If someone fits the criteria of all OCD, you know, and but it's also having these panic attacks, the primary diagnosis will be like OCD. And then so it wouldn't necessarily be panic disorder as the primary diagnosis. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes there can, sense. There's a lot of comorbidity going on with with psychological disorders. People could be d- diagnosed with mood disorder, like major depressive disorder and panic disorder. There could be multiple diagnoses going on. Um, okay. So that I feel like we just throw a lot out there and that's so I mean some people might be like listening like oh this is so cool like actually hearing you know the scientific parts of the criteria panic disorder for me sometimes honestly even going through my schooling and stuff I hated the science of everything science is amazing listen without it there would be not a lot of you know stuff that we need and I'm so thankful but I think my brain has never been good at science and so um even even through my grad school and stuff, you know, learning, really learning. I haven't I don't have like the DSM memorized, but um, I'm learning a lot about the science of um, our brain and psychology and the DSM and all the, the criteria and stuff like that is it kind of makes me go cross eyed sometimes. So if you're like me and you're listening to that and you're just thinking, OK, what did they just said? Um, 
go and first of all, you can you can Google panic disorder criteria and you can look at it for yourself. Um, but we're going to kind of go through this part of the podcast might be a little bit more relatable to you. And Taylor kind of talks about her own experience. Remember, everyone's experience is different. So but she's going to talk about her experience and we're going to kind of give a little bit of healing tips for you of what can be helpful if you do feel like you relate to this. So. I think it'd be cool if we start with like breaking it down, kind of like you said. So like the beginning, like I I know I meet this criteria or I did meet this criteria for sure. So in the beginning, it's like I was having a million panic attacks a day, right? And every single panic attack, I can guarantee you looking at this list, I had horrible palpitations. My heart felt like it wasn't beating right. I had hot and cold sensations. I had the shortness of breath. I had trembling. I was sweating. I felt very dizzy. I always felt like I was going to pass out. I had that fear of losing control or like that impending doom feeling. Mm. Uh, things didn't feel real. I had this like, I need to escape feeling. And this was like every single time I had a panic attack. Like it just didn't feel. That's why I think people who struggle with panic attacks think something must be wrong with me because why am I feeling this way? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's like so many symptoms at one time, at least for me, it was. And then yeah. the next part, which is so relatable, which I think that reading this DSM can help so much because when you read it, you really feel less alone. Yeah. No, Do you for know sure. what I mean? Like the next part, literally the next part is like the fear of losing control, having a heart attack or going crazy. And it's that like avoidance cycle you get into once you have those panic attacks. It's yeah. this loop that you can't, you're like a hamster on a wheel and you just don't know how to stop it because that experience that you had of those panic attacks and those symptoms is so traumatic to the body and the mind that you start just continually fearing that happening again, which like you said, you're like that panic attack came out of nowhere. Well, no, it didn't. Right. Because you were continually fearing and thinking of those feelings coming back right. again. I mean, that's the cycle I lived in. It was like, if I do this, I know this will happen. And, and then it got to be everything. Because I remember it was like my list started small. It was like, oh, if I go to PetSmart, like the lights there triggered me. So we can't go mm. back to PetSmart. And yeah. then it was the grocery store. And then it was walking down the street. And then it was literally like eating sugar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the yeah. list came because you would have a panic attack and you would just try and relate that panic attack to that specific thing. But that's not how it works. You know well, what I mean? Right. Well, also, because the first one, you like in your mind, the first one, quote unquote, came out of nowhere. So how are you? You're trying to. F and and when that happens too, what's the worst part of it and why it's so it's considered, you know, an anxiety disorder is because you feel like you have no control anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. If that could happen out of, quote unquote, nowhere, then yeah. what control do I have if I don't know right. what it was that did that? Um, and I think that's why, you know, the other the the part two of at least one of the attacks has been followed by one month or more of, you know, persistent concern or worry about it happening again or significant change in behavior mm -hmm. like avoidance and stuff. I think the one month is in there because that's that's the gauge, you know, that they came up with of like how 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 is it how is your like daily functioning being affected by this you know mm -hmm. like for the last couple of weeks like for a, for the month after the panic attack you know because some people i know have a panic attack and they maybe don't have it for another you know six months or eight months and they're right you know they've been recovered they're working on it um but you know if you're consistently and if you're consistently having even more than 
one panic attack within a month. Like how, like, didn't you say you used to have like multiple times a day? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's where I think like that that's panic disorder. Like I think at least like consecutively multiple panic attacks within a week's time. And like, cause I think there's people who have panic attacks randomly. Right. And then they don't have them for like a year. Like they'll have like one panic attack and then they don't have them. And like, that's awesome that they're able to get out of that loop because I think that first one I had, it was just like, what was that? And it was that constant fear of it happening again. And I think that just led to more panic attacks. Yeah. Well, I will say that there are, again, I'm not a medical doctor, but from my experience in my practice, many times people will experience this initial attack. It's very, very physical and very scary because it's very physical. A lot of times people go to the hospital because they think they're having a heart attack, right? They think they're dying. Mm -hmm. Um, And so these symptoms are very, very real. And so many times they'll be prescribed something that will help calm their nervous system. So that becomes that becomes like pretty helpful for some people. But um, when they're so dysregulated, like a lot of the clients that I've worked with, some of the, the types of medicines that they were given actually helped regulate them. So they were able to actually like work on what might have happened before the panic attack in their mind. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in that panicked state, you're not thinking rational at all. That's it. Mm-hmm. You can't. There's no rational thinking in that moment. You're just trying to like survive. You know what I mean? Right. So medication can be very helpful for some people with in those types of situations. And and sometimes that's what kind of helps them figure out if they have other supports that they're getting to as far as therapy goes. And um, I think yeah. the hardest part is when you're struggling with panic disorder and like health anxiety. And so in your head, you're so convinced that this is medical and not mental that when they're like, here's this medication, you know what I mean? It's like, no, that's not what I need. Like I'm having a heart attack. So then you fear like take, I I hear this a lot. So many people, they just like, can't like you go to the hospital for a panic attack. Right. And they're always like, here's a Valium or something. I remember Mm -hmm. this. They were like trying to give me a medicine. And I was just like, one, dude, I have health anxiety. Like I'm absolutely terrified that I'm going to have severe side effects this. And I already feel like I'm having a heart attack. So I feel like this medication is going to just make my heart attack even worse. And so it's just, it's such a mental yeah. cycle of just like, oh, it's so, when, when you're in it, it sounds like the way you just explained it, it sounds like, yeah, that sounds like the rational thing to do. But when you're mm-hmm. in it, it's just like, you can't convince yourself. No. Well, and I think that's why, you know, it's important to recognize like what if you know what you need or do or don't be afraid to just ask for what you need in that moment, like whatever it, if you are at the hospital, because I think I think some people are so scared that they just want that physical feeling to go away. And I know so many of my clients just they were like, give me whatever. I just want this physical feeling to go away. And I think that's when, you know, any anything in their mind telling them, you know, about medication goes out the window because they just want to be regulated. Um, so I feel like sometimes you're just like, give me whatever you have. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, like there's also people that don't, they, there's just not like they, you are the very so conservative. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, taking things, you don't want to just be like, yeah, give me that. Like, what is it? You know what I mean? Um, no, I, sh- I think it's just like literally when I was at the hospital for those panic attacks, I did not believe it was a panic attack. Do you know what I mean? 
So it's like, why would I take that medicine? Like, I need to be tested. I need a full body MRI. Like, I wasn't like, this medicine's how, not going to take. How are you going to get a full body MRI in the middle of a panic attack? You well, have yeah, to like, sit no. so still for 45 minutes. There's no way you're going to be able to Allison, do this. I, I had to do it. I had to do my head. It, trust me. I was, I'll was. i never forget that moment. I was literally having a panic attack and they. I got a, I think it took like 45 minutes and I was wow. in and out of that machine, no medication. I give you credit, girl. That is it was like- so, I was like shivering. Like, people, I was that, having, people that don't even have panic, <laughs> panic disorder don't even literally, like that. Literally. They're like, I, even, I know, I know. Um, so, but, oh my gosh. It, but that's like my story, you know what I mean? And it's like in yeah. that moment, it was so real to me of what I was feeling that yeah. you couldn't convince me. Right. It right. was anxiety. You could yes. not convince me. I mean, yeah. I, everybody was screaming it at me. And this was after like months and months of having panic attacks. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, your so body it was, like, was probably just so like, uh, I just said breaks my heart. I just feel like your body, if that was months and months, was probably just so dysregulated oh, yeah. at that oh, point. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was to go to bed at night was yeah. having to pass out. Like I had yeah. to literally get to the point where I would just pass out because like I truly was convinced I'd stop breathing in the middle of my sleep. Yeah. And the more I talk about my story though, it sounds crazy, but the more I talk about it, there's so many people who message me the same exact thing. It's so mm -hmm. hard for the people struggling with panic attacks and panic disorder to believe that it is that. Like I think you spend majority of your time not believing you have a mental thing going on. Like yeah. you believe this is completely physical. Everybody's lying to you. People are missing things. And so, you're so stuck in that. Here's what I would say as a, as a therapist. I would be like, just say you walked in as my client. I would be very interested in looking at the criteria of illness, anxiety disorder for you. Yeah, that's because the thing. If Allison, that, I had the books. I had the books. Like it was so weird. But it, I'm saying, how, if you were seeing a psychologist, though, weren't you like diagnosed by by a therapist or? Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't diagnose you with that. No, they did. But I think when you're like so convinced in your mind that you feel so physically ill, you you think like, right. It's weird. Allison, I mean, thinking back to it, I was just so convinced. And Okay. So, okay. Now I'm getting it. So even when they told you like, okay. I thought they were brushing me it's off. It's illness, anxiety disorder. And here's why. And I'm going to help you with this. You still didn't believe it was that. You believed you were I was actually like, who are they? Like, oh, okay. Like, who's okay, a therapist okay. to tell me medical advice? That's what I was thinking in my oh, head. Like, oh, my gosh. I don't know. I was just like, I feel like right. they tell people this all the time. And like, yeah. And then you get those TikToks where people are like, you always get brushed off as anxiety and like, you know, social media, people are always like, oh, women always get treated as crazy. And like, then they forget what, like, there's something actually going on. And I mean, that, I don't know. If I was you, just, that makes me feel so sad. Again, I hear this from so many people I do, not just you, but just about like the medical system. Like, well, if that's how you felt like that's what, what I, mean? I mean like, like you any, go in and they're like yeah. oh it's just anxiety like go home like you're kind of wasting our time yeah and they don't do any tests and they don't do anything so I think in your mind you're just like nobody's taking me seriously but they don't like I'm trying to tell you how I feel so like, I don't like, know if you've ever had true heart palpitations but it doesn't feel yeah. right mm -hmm. it does not feel right like no. you are wondering how is this okay that's 100%. the issue it's because it feels so like wrong and it's yeah. hard for doctors unfortunately don't have the empathy to explain that like yes this feels so wrong but you're okay like no doctor ever said that like they're just like oh it's pvcs like go live your day 
you yeah. have anxiety. I don't know and about you're just all like, doctors, but the ones you saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think all of them, but yes, I think that there have been probably not the best treatment for you, which sound which really stinks. I mean, again, with me too, right? I talked about this the last couple episodes that I did not get the best care. Yeah. Um, but you also were so young when you were going through that. Like, and I just feel I'm just thinking just for my own as a healthcare provider, you know, I I try I obviously treat everybody with the same, you know, safe space, but when it's when it's a younger person, you know, their brain is still developing, you know, like you you just the way you tell the story, I can tell like it was so scary for you as a kid. Like you were still a kid. I mean, okay, you were what, like how old? Like nineteen? Uh, my first yeah, twenty. Twenty? Like you're still so young. And you know, I that just 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 stinks, you know, that you didn't have the care that and yeah. did, was there any was there any would you remember any type of healthcare professional that you were like, okay, this person actually seems like One they're nurse. hearing me. Tell me. Mm-hmm. What was that? One nurse. Uh, I went to the ER because I was so dizzy. Like I felt like I was on a boat. And this was after getting a CT scan. Yeah. After getting uh, I went to the ER, all that stuff. Like I was, swore I was having a stroke, right? I go back to this ER. My mom's done with me at this point. And my mom is going to me with appointments because I'm young. I'm still on their health insurance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're still in charge. That's the issue too. It's like parents, and I don't blame them. Like parents can only take so much, right? Right. Yeah. After months and months and months of me just yeah. going to the doctor and like being so yeah. out of control, living on their couch, like leaving college and driving home every single weekend. It was just, you know, right, right. they can only take so much. Totally. Yeah. Um. So my mom's going to these appointments with me and like, she's just like immediately when we see the doctor, like, Hey, just letting you know, like she has anxiety, like, you know, and like saying this in front of me. And so then I'm immediately just like, they're not going to take me seriously. And I'm going to leave this appointment thinking that everybody's missing something because they're immediately brushing me off as an anxious person. Okay. Right, right, right. And you were just, you knew what you wanted to get tested like physically. Yes. Yes. This nurse saw it all. He saw me. He saw my mom and he goes, can you please leave the room to my mom? She left the room uh, and he was like, I want you to know why I'm a nurse. And he was like, I was you. And I was coming to the doctor a million times with panic attacks. And I was experiencing all these symptoms. I would literally stay in the waiting room just to feel safe. And he was like, it's what led me to become a nurse. Oh my gosh. And I remember in that moment, I'll never forget him. Like there's so many doctors that I do not remember, but I will never forget him. And do you his name? I don't remember his name, but I can, I can like see his face. Oh, darn. Be so nice to shout him out. <laughs> I know. And he was just in that moment. I was just like, I felt like kind of peace. Honestly, I think it was the first time I ever felt peace. That's so nice. I mean, yeah. listen, nurses are like the unsung heroes. Let's be honest here. They're like, yeah, incredible. I don't think that he like legally should have done that, but like, you know what I mean? Like diagnosis wise, because this was before I saw the doctor, but that's, that's yes. Well, but he okay. felt it in his, something in him told him, you know. Okay. But you still, you still remember that one person out of how many you saw that one yeah. person that made you feel safe again. I don't care. And then I'll, and then I'll never forget whatever. Like, I'll never forget this one doctor who made me feel horrible. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So it's funny. I remember those two experiences, this one horrible doctor and then this one amazing doctor and then everybody else in between. I can't even remember their face. It's like a blur. Yeah. A blur. All I know is it was just like kind of giving you the look of you're crazy. You know what I mean? There's that look of like judgment and that's the issue I think is like that makes someone feel so low about themselves when they're already feeling so low. Like that's what I do remember. I remember the facial expressions. Oh my god! I'll never forget the facial expressions. It's just like, oh my god! Like Meanwhile, you're str- time and- you're struggling with all of this, right? Like physically and emotionally, and like you're not sleeping, and all this stuff is happening, yeah. and you're just trying to look for answers. So even you know whatever, like say quote unquote, there was like an original you know trigger for you. Forget it. You now have like so many layers of things that you're probably anxious about now at this point with the medical system and with different people and then like not feeling heard and, you know, forget the first panic attack. It's like, oh my gosh, now, you know, and then trauma. Yeah. More trauma. So, okay. So what, and I know you talked about this a little bit before in like a past, past episode, but what um, ended up. So you know how much Taylor and I talk about feeling like just another number when we go to the doctors lately? It's been really frustrating for me for years, honestly, because of my digestive issues, my IBS, my reflux, and I haven't even been able to find a primary care doctor. I feel like they're always rushing me out the door. I'm basically given just generic advice, like they're looking to treat some type of symptom, but not really me as a whole human being which is why I started digging into other options for more personalized health care. And I found Wild Health, and I love today's sponsor. It was founded by two emergency room physicians, and Wild Health takes a proactive and preventative approach to healthcare called precision medicine. And what's really cool is that Wild Health actually looks at you as a whole person and uses your genetics, uses biometrics and lifestyle data to help you determine what your body needs as far as nutrition, exercise, sleep, supplements. So say you want to lose weight, right? Or you want to improve your energy. I know Like I said, I'd love a doctor to give me the time of day and tell me more about my digestion or more about any supplements that may be good for my body, maybe more about my reflux. So what Wild Health does is tailors a holistic healthcare plan with interventions that include lifestyle changes first rather than just pills and prescriptions. They don't just throw those pills at you like other doctors do. 
And Wild Health actually addresses the root cause of health problems by taking a holistic approach, which to me is incredible because I'm a holistic practitioner. Plus, Wild Health is fully virtual and offers telemedicine to everyone in the U.S., so it's really, really accessible. Wild Health is generously extending Anxiety Chicks listeners 20% off the cost of membership with code ANXIETYCHICKS. Head over to wildhealth.com slash anxietychicks and use code ANXIETYCHICKS at checkout. Make this commitment to yourself and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com slash anxiety chicks. Now let's get back to the episode. Like helping you. I would say, so I remember my parents sat me down and they were like, hey, you can't do this anymore. Like, we're going to need you. And I remember there was like a primary care doctor, some random guy, like months before had sent me home with medication. And so my parents like had just had it. Okay. They filled it and like got it. And I was like, hell no. Right. Because if y'all remember, my story started with getting burned by doctors in the past. So I had a distrust because I was on a birth control that was getting lawsuits And I couldn't believe they prescribed me that without ever asking about family history. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then I think the Adderall, the excessive milligram of Adderall and Vyvanse that they kept putting me on and they kept bumping it up. I think that led to the uh, nervous system imbalance. I truly believe that that's a dopamine. That was like dopamine, 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 dopamine. Do you know what I mean? And you can only do that for so long until you get extremely depleted. For sure. And I think that Adderall and Vyvanse needs to be way more regulated in our system. I really do. I think it's very scary how many people are allowed to just get Adderall, you know? And uh, (laughs) I think the perfectionist in me wanted to be on the Adderall. I think looking back, I didn't need the Adderall. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. There yeah. was really you can not see that. it clearer my whole now. Life, my whole life, I was a very, uh, I made good grades. I did sports. I had discipline. Why did I need the Adderall? But I got it so easy. So it was your a primary doctor that gave you Adderall. Psycho- it wasn't a psychiatrist. It was a psychiatrist. So who was so also on Adderall? Did the psychiatrist tell that? What did, do you remember? What that psychiatrist gave you as a diagnosis? ADD. Okay. So the, the she psychiatrist- asked me just like a couple questions and it was like, you could just lie about them. And I did. Like, it was like, do you have trouble focusing sometimes? And it was like, yeah. Oh, and you lied though. Well, you it's lied? Like, it's like everybody has trouble focusing every once in a while. Okay. So you didn't lie on purpose. You just didn't kind of no. like, you wanted, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wanted the Adderall. Yeah, I was like, cool, so, Adderall. Like, I remember it was like the yeah. thing. And then- uh, Oh, interesting. Okay. I, how, old, developed- how old were you then? Uh, high school. So you were, you were first on Adderall on in high school then. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think going into senior year. And I remember my mom was with me and she didn't like that lady at all. And she left that appointment. She was like, I don't think this is good. Like, I remember my mom telling me that. She was like, I don't think this is good. And I didn't listen to her because, you know, you're a high school kid. All your friends are on Adderall and it's it's the cool thing. I didn't have that experience in high school, but I know in your that oh, the yeah. years you were in high school, I know there was a lot of it was being prescribed a lot. Um, Everybody I know is on Adderall. Like, really, it's 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 freaky. Wow. And I know right now there's like even an Adderall shortage. 
I mean, there's a lot of things being overprescribed for yeah. years which, and years. Which you can get years. kind of anything, you know, you really can mm-hmm. if you think yeah. about it. And it's just uh, be careful and just, but I listen again. That's why whenever I talk on, you know, the anxiety healer, my Instagram, and I probably have said this a million times on this podcast again, you guys, but medication actually can be incredible for so many people, but just yes. make sure you are going to someone who is managing the prescription appropriately. That is every it. Go time. to somebody you trust, go to someone. If you feel the ick or like you have a gut feeling about any kind of medical professional within the first couple minutes, you can almost like feel it. Then that is not the person and do not let them make you feel like you have to do anything they say. That is all I will say. You never have to do, you never have to listen to a doctor just because they're a doctor. You can yeah. get, you can get three, four, five opinions if you want. Do it. Anyway, we've said that a million times on here. Just want to keep saying that. Anyway. Okay. So your parents sat you down. And- yeah. Wait, I wanted to finish this though. Every oh, time sorry. I would go back to this psychiatrist, she would yeah. just be like, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I think it's like tampering off like early. And she would just write me a higher script. Like were it was going, like, were you going to therapy at all during this? No, they didn't say I had to. What? I didn't think I had anxiety. I, I didn't have anything wrong in my head. I was no, a high functioning not perfectionist. Just for anxiety. <laughs> therapy is for yeah. But I, I don't come from a family who is like, let's get in therapy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I ha- I didn't know to do that. I'm not saying it was your family. I'm saying I'm very surprised that the psychiatrist did oh. not actually encourage oh. that to happen because the psychiatrists I work with closely are always like, I consult with them all the time and they will make sure that if they're prescribing someone that the person's going to therapy as well. Yeah. I, I think that I, I agree with that. I think they should have like proof of like, you're also doing that, but 100%. No, no they, they were like, here's your script and that will see you in six months. I, um, do you know that my mom, so I was in college and my doctor was in Houston and you have to do like, you know, when you're on medication, you have to do like check-ins, like they have to like, yes. see how yeah, you yeah, are yeah, like, yeah. to rewrite you the script. Yeah. Do you know that my mom could go in and do my check-in? Stop. What? Yeah. No. I don't know if they've changed that no. nowadays. Yeah, I was in a different state, so I couldn't be there, but my mom could do it. Okay. This is <laughs> insane. I hope that this all has changed. I just want to say that. But it is basically what I'm saying is that I was do you see how I was burned with medication? Yeah. No. Totally. Like it was just like I get it. Yeah. What? Yeah. And then I remember literally having a panic attack watching TV and there was an info commercial. I, you probably saw him too on the Yaz birth control. Oh my gosh. I was on it too. Actually, you said that. And I, yeah, I used to be on it before too. And yep. Allison, I'm sitting there and it was a doctor who now I hear to get on birth control. Well, I, I hear you can get it online now, but, but basically my friend, she had such a different experience. She went to the doctor, a gynecologist, and they did all these tests. They asked her family history, all this stuff before they put her on the, on the birth control. They even did blood work, right? For me, for me, he literally, I walked in, it was a guy and he, a guy prescribing birth control. And he just wrote me this script for acne. Oh, geez. So do you see like how in my mind, it was just like the medical system has burned me? No, I totally understand. I totally understand. Here's the thing. It's not, um, you know, we get on our soapbox about this thing. So I don't want to go off too on a tangent because I do want to hear the rest of your story of how you (laughs) helped yourself with panic disorder. But I think the, I think I totally get, I totally get your hesitation of 
of taking anything for sure when it came to the point of people just like going to the hospital, like when you get got to that point. I totally, totally understand. Yeah. So my parents sat me down and they had the prescription and I was just like, the thought of that caused me more anxiety. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like that yeah. was like putting a trigger in front of me. Totally. So it was yeah. like, I, but they were like, you have to make change because I wasn't making any change. Right, I think right. that's where a lot of people with panic disorder and panic attacks sit at. They just live in this cycle of having a panic attack. They don't know what to do. They get out of the panic attack and they do nothing about it. Yeah. And I lived in that for so long, mm-hmm. literally so long. And I feel for you if you're going through that, but let me tell you, like it's so much easier to just start putting in the work to get out of it. And so I remember hearing about holistic remedies. I can't remember. I think it was a book I bought at Barnes and Noble or something. And so did I was you like, not, sorry, did you not take that medicine then when your parents said here? Try, no. Okay. You didn't. Okay. Well, I told them, I said, cause they, they were like, you have to make a change of some sort. And they were like, mm-hmm. I think this is what you need to do. And I was like, well, let me try. I, I made a promise with them. I said, let me try this one route okay. that I found out about. And if that doesn't work, I promise I'll take the medicine. Okay. And that was the so, holistic route that you were going to yeah, learn about. Yeah. Okay. And okay, I remember okay. I remember reading randomly because I was in school for dietetics. And so I was like, you know, I knew a lot about like nutrition and stuff. And I was learning a lot about clinical. And I was like, let me just like look into it. And so mm-hmm. I did a lot of research into it. And then this was kind of when the CBD craze began. And I remember being like, I'm just going to try it out. You know, oh, like right. Felt, okay. That felt easier to me than trying the medication. So I remember I tried that and it took a little while, but I remember just feeling when I'd have a panic attack, I would take it and I'd feel calmer. So it's kind of like how when people would take the Valium at the ER, that it's like, I was like, oh, like a real medical issue doesn't get better with an anxiety medication or an anxiety reducing thing. Do you know what I mean? So did you did you actually research like CBD because there wasn't like I don't know when this was, but there's still you know it's it's not like regulated in the U.S. like other medications are regulated FDA all that stuff you know. So did you? I I saw that there the side effects. That's all I cared about. So I saw there was like none. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, I can do something that has like none. So that was your brain. Okay. So that was your brain saying it was safe. That was my, yes. Your brain was like, this is safe because it says there's no side effects. Got it. Okay. Yes. And I, and just sold on like it being natural and stuff. I don't know. I was just like, it's either a gimmick or it's going to work. Do you know what I mean? And so when I would feel calmer, when I would take it from when having a panic attack, something in my brain finally clicked. That it's like, if I ha- was having a heart attack, CBD is not going to stop the heart attack, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I was having a stroke, CBD is not going to stop the stroke. So why am I feeling calmer when I take it when anxious? Oh. Because I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? So, so it was, got me to a point where I was yeah. like, oh, wow, this is anxiety. It took so, that for me to be like, I'm, I'm having panic attacks. So, and so then that's when I started doing so much research, so much research on all the modalities to healing, breath work, journaling, meditation, yeah. sunlight. That's when I started doing dietary. I mean, my diet was so on point at this time. Mm-hmm. Like I was so nutrient dense guys that it, it, but, but it took me that, do you know what I mean? Like it took like, mm-hmm. I had to have that realization. 
No so, professional telling me I had anxiety was enough. Right. So when you when you were able to kind of feel, it sounds like your body became more regulated. So your brain was able to see clearer because that's yes. essentially how it goes. Yeah. Um, that's why when you're in this like dis- dysregulated panic state, like all the time, you're not able to reach the part of your brain that needs that you need to reach in order to actually like calm your body. Yes. That's Um, what I tell people. I'm like, you can't you can't just take the medicine and you can't just take the C B D and that's not what made everything go bye bye. Yeah, but but I I will say some of those some of those some people actually need some of those tool like the medication no, in no, no. order yes. to regulate and then in you order can't to can't just like, use that though but no but that's like yes that can be the the stabilizing thing at yes. first but yes but no so okay so once you kind of recognize that you're you were falling into this category of like panic disorder so when were you actually diagnosed then i guess with before the, that way before that oh okay by yeah a psych, not the same psychiatrist, but a different psychiatrist. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I saw a, a couple, a bunch. Okay, did you feel any like connection with any of them? No, I was so dysregulated, Allison. Like I, I thought everybody was lying to me. Like it was like a so bit you were of just seeing, yeah, right. So you were just like going through the motions, going to see different yeah. doctors. My basically. mom, my mom was booking everything, and like okay. I was so yeah. convinced that everybody was mi- missing a medical yeah. issue. Oh my god. Yeah. No, my brain, like, like literally thinking back to like, I was a zombie. Yeah. I was a zombie. I was not, there was no tailor. It was like, you're looking through people. Like there was no, I wasn't there. And you were in college at that time? Yeah. How did you even like go to class and like focus on schoolwork? And I was a 4.0 Dean's List student my freshman, (sighs) sophomore year. And then I, my grades just went, I wasn't going to class. It was bad. And did you, um, like, even I almost, social, I almost dropped out? Oh, yeah. I lost all I my I was going to say, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. moved into an apartment by myself and I lost all my friends. I drove home every single I had my boyfriend, who's my husband now. Oh, okay. He was, okay. The, he was he there was, for me the whole time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I drove home every single weekend. One time I drove myself to the ER and I was about to go back to the ER and my, my, husband who was my boyfriend at the time literally drove me home five hours and he had to drive back the same day and take a test yeah i owe him my life oh my parents were so mad at good guy they were so mad yeah so okay so you started kind of doing some research on your own finding you know these I think, new concepts that you sounds like you didn't know before the concepts of like mindfulness and breath work and all that so this is what i tell people I think a lot of people, they get on medicine or CBD or something and they expect that to be the end all be all, right? You get on these things and you're like, you feel better. So you're like, oh, I'm doing better, but that's not going to help. That's a bandaid. And so it's like, what else? When I started feeling that way, luckily I was reading this book. It says, here's all these modalities that you will help you. And so reading that, I was like, I'm going to do all these things because if I do all these things, something's going to work, right? You don't and remember so what like, book it was? It was like one of those books you get at uh, the store that's like the big, thick anxiety book. I think I still have it. It's like, a, oh, here. I'd love it's to called know. The Anxiety. 
the anxiety and phobia workbooks. Like they have yeah, a new edition every year. I I use that with my clients. Yeah. Yeah. And so I bought I bought yeah. that. I have like four editions. Like I think mm-hmm. when I first started, it was like the third edition or something. Now I have like the sixth edition. Yeah. But basically going through that, I mean, it provides you with so much information of all these things. And so I just started doing all these things. Like literally I dedicated my life to, like I said, I had no friends. I just had my boyfriend and my family, but the CBD, just CBD or medication for anyone listening, it could be the kickstart to realizing, oh, this is anxiety. Once I had that mindset of like, uh, like that realization, like I said, of like a medical issue cannot just get better with a medication or a CBD oil. Do you know what I mean? There's no such thing. A heart yeah. attack will not stop from that. Yeah. That's that's mental. And I think it yeah. took me realizing that to be like, it's time to put in the work now for my mind. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all began. That's so and that's incredible. where it all got better. So, okay. So you did some like self-work. You did some research on your own. You knew you were like into like the holistic, you know, type of sphere, which we both are. Um, That's interesting because that's so similar. But in my mind, I'm a psychologist. So I learned a lot about this in school and stuff and and did some research on my own. But um, so did you ever... See, it was like it was like it was in school for psychology. Well, that's what I was going to say. Did you ever go? Did you ever see a therapist on your own? Like, not your mom making you? Were you ever like, you know, maybe I should reach out to someone? Or I don't know. I I was too young. I I wasn't. I didn't have a job. I didn't have like it was my mom who handled things. You know what I mean? I didn't. Have have you thought about that since then? Oh, I have. Got older. I have. Okay. Yeah. No, since then I have. Yeah. Okay. No, since then I've gone to see one. Yeah. You have. Okay. Was it helpful or was it the same experience you had? When you were young. It was it was helpful, but I mean, like a lot of people relate to, it was like $150 every week. And I didn't I feel like it was that beneficial to my life with all the education. I feel like if you're the type of person who can like sit down, listen to podcasts, look at YouTube videos, read the books, put in the work yourself, like if you're self-motivated, I feel like I don't I don't know, but I just feel like I benefit more from that than I, maybe I haven't found found like the perfect one. Do you know what I, I mean? I was and just it's like say, there isn't a perfect one, but it sounds like maybe you just didn't find. I just find haven't. One that, and then that, there was this one I really you. wanted to get into. Like I felt like I clicked with her, like based off of everything I read, mm-hmm. and she's just like booked out for a year. Yeah, like she's exactly. like I'm not. A, so it's just it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think there will be a time, and probably soon. Like I think before I want to start having kids, I think it's it would be good for me mm-hmm. to like get into that and. It's just, you know, it takes time to sit down and do it. And that's me being like maybe slightly lazy or feeling like I don't need it because I've come so far. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think I don't know if everyone any I I personally think, of course, it's like maybe biased because of I do it. But I think every single person should have one. Yeah. Like they have like a primary care doctor and it shouldn't be like so expensive like but you know obviously that's, thing. that's not i was like i'm not, spending 150 dollars every single week i'm like that's a lot like yeah uh-huh. that's 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 very hard to do and it, so it gets to the point where you're just like oh my gosh like i'll just and like, don't. and people and it's very hard for some people to understand why that's the case for a lot of psychologists and let me just tell you everyone it's not because we want 
to do that. It's because we don't actually have any other options if we want to live because a lot of insurance companies won't even approve us on their panel. Yep. And She, she was just like you. Like yeah. she could get approved. No, she was I, like, I don't I even mess with it. I didn't get approved a couple times. And then also, you know, they don't find value in like mental health. So like, you know, it's really frustrating. But in order to make any type of living, that's why in our country, it's like that. So, um, but I think that's great. I think everyone should have one. Um, so I think everyone's experience obviously is so different, but it sounds like you are in such a good place with your own healing that you were able to identify sort of, okay, this is like, you really were able to shift that pattern in your mind that was based on fear. I firmly, like in my head, I believe I am fully healed from panic disorder. Like that part of me is gone. That part of me died. Like I, I firmly believe I have all the tools to stay away from that at this Mm -hmm. point. And I, and, and a lot of people are like, uh, oh, I started a uh, CBD or medication and like how long until it's fully gone. And I'm like, no. guys, guys, Listen, it took, it took so much work aside from that. Like you can't, the band aid isn't going to heal. No. I mean, we, the what band aid epi- isn't what does the healing. We did, we did an episode a couple weeks ago about, you know, someone asked a question as one of our Q and A's about if, it, if mental illness can be cured and go listen to that yeah. episode because I have a lot to say on that, but no, you know, that is why I talk about toolkits. This is Mm -hmm. why I talk about, this is why I wrote my book, The Anxiety Healing Tool Guide, The Anxiety Healer's Guide, Coping Strategies and Mindfulness-Based Techniques for Calming the Mind and Body. Um, Because it's literally about creating a toolkit of strategies, exercises, um, techniques that are totally unique to you. And Mm -hmm. I offer like, 10 chapters of different, of hundreds and hundreds of different tools and techniques um, based on cognitive behavioral therapy. That's kind of my expertise, um, which has been shown as one of the top treatments for anxiety disorders. And it helps you, you go throughout the book and you actually create your own toolkit because everyone's looks different and you have to have a toolkit. And in your toolkit might include medication. In your toolkit, it might include therapy. It might not. In your toolkit, it might include, you know, your favorite, um, you know, app that you love for meditations. It might include going to take a walk for 10 minutes a day. It might include, I'm just thinking of my own toolkit. It might include um, a heating pad for when your stomach starts hurting because that's comfort for you. It might include a weighted blanket. It might include doing, you know, a cognitive behavioral exercise when you're starting to feel really scared, like a, a thought exercise, right? To reframe your brain. It might include affirmations. You want to create this toolkit of self-regulation. That is the most important thing. The you know the link to my book is in the show notes, so you can get it there. But um, you know, really, it just sounds like you found a good toolkit for yourself. Yes, yes, and I think that's that, amazing. That unless until you have a toolkit, I think healing is very hard. One hundred percent. And guess what? It's not linear. Like that awesome review just told us in the beginning. Yes. So. You have a toolkit and there might be some things that work, you know, one week and then like a couple of weeks later, you you get a situation that's kind of triggering for you and 
some of the tools that used to work four weeks ago aren't working. So you have to figure out, okay, well, what are what are some things that I need to do right now? Do I need to reach out to my support system? Do I need this? Um, you know, when you're grieving or someone, like I know for me, the death of my dad, I had to tap into all different parts of my toolkit and learn even new tools that I didn't know to add to my toolkit after that happened. So life happens, right? After you went through your whole thing with your, the health scare you had, right? Um, with that, I want to call it like the the boil you had or something you had, right? That mm-hmm. skin thing you had, you know, you, that's something that, that's a scare. That's a, something that scared you. So you have to tap into the toolkit in that moment. Now, yeah. if it was, if that happened and it was you like 10 years ago, oh, God. you probably would have had, yeah. Like I would have been admitted to the hospital, probably totally. mental institute, probably a bodysuit. For you sure. probably would have been no. <laughs> they would have been able away. to even get through that. Yes, and now you did. So that's amazing. Um, thank, thank God. Like back then, I didn't have like any crazy event happen to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I no. thought in my head I was having crazy events happening health wise, but thank God, like no test ever was like you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you never I don't know. know. I I you never knew. People survive. People survive really scary things every day. Yes, and they're incredible people and everybody survives things every day. And so just know that, you know, that's where mindfulness comes in a lot, because even if you are going through something really, really difficult right now, just Mm -hmm. remember that today is today and really try and work on just being present with where you are in the day and that you're safe here and you're safe right now. And that you just want to move through your day, reminding yourself that today is today. Sometimes I'll say to myself, okay, it's Monday and it's 12, you know, 30 right now. That's where we're, when we're recording this, it's Monday. And sometimes I have to say that to myself, like throughout the day, it's Monday today, it's two o'clock. Okay. And where am I? You know, one of my favorite tools is like, grounding yourself with your senses. Where am I? I look around myself. I'm going to like say where I am. I'm going to move my body. I'm going to like see, can I smell anything that smells good? Like, am I, how does my clothes feel? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the best things you can do to ground yourself if you're feeling anxious. Um, so yeah. So we have, we gave some tips. Were there any other tips or tools that- I was about to say, here, here's just the list breakdown. Okay. Ed- this is okay. about helping someone who struggles with panic disorder. Educate yourself about panic disorder and try and help educate them. Be supportive. Help them identify triggers. Encourage them to seek professional help. Help them practice relaxation techniques. Be patient and understanding, which which can be very hard. Like don't don't try and be perfect. Like that is so like thinking about the version of me that my parents had to be around for so long. Like I would have hated me too. Uh, And then the last step: take care of yourself as well. Like. Yeah, dealing with someone who struggles with panic disorder, that's that's a lot. Yep. Awesome. All right, y'all. This is a little bit of a more intense episode, so go and do something special for yourself and maybe do a little breath work after. <laughs> and always, always DM us with questions or you can email us at theanxietychicks at gmail.com. All right, girlfriend. Talk next Bye. week. Bye. Bye, guys. Yeah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.